0: Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sporting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets as our self-service kiosks or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh. Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And it's going to take a little bit of a strange turn here, just five to eight minutes, something like that, about the state of the NFL. It's been kind of just gnawing at me a little bit. I was watching the Monday nighter, you know, Denver Chargers going, just thinking to myself, is this an inferior product to what we've seen lately? You know, and really it's been the case the last couple Thursday night games. Um, certainly the, almost every week there's been several not so great games. And by, I don't mean low scoring. I mean, Hey, I, I was, you know, from a baby in the in Pittsburgh in the seventies. I'm cool with defense. I I just see incompetence, bad coaching. Um, and I have some numbers here to kind of back that up. So I know you guys have some thoughts on your Steelers and something, but this is a league wide issue. And, and here's some things that are interesting to me. And I want to talk a little bit about the Monday night game and just some overriding thoughts. And then we're going to start breaking down Dolphins, Steelers. Um, So I I saw uh, as a data scientist, I don't know much about him. His name's Matt DeSorbo. I just retweeted two of his tweets and fantasy scoring obviously correlates with scoring and fun and all that. I'm sure a lot of you are fantasy football players, but here's the tweet that I sent out. It, does something feel, does something about the NFL feel off, sluggish, question mark? That's because the first six weeks of fantasy scoring are the lowest in 13 years. It's, it's down 22% from last year. Like, there's just not as much action. I mean, maybe you can put Jalen Hurts or Tua in this conversation, but like what quarterback stock has just blown up through six weeks. I mean, it looked like Trevor Lawrence could be that guy. It absolutely isn't Fields or Lance. I mean, maybe it's going to be Kenny someday. I mean, I thought Herbert and Burrow are, I mean, I still believe they're great players, but they've stumbled a little bit. Like whose stock has just gone up like crazy? You know, I mean, usually there's 20 of them across the league or the fantasy world or, you know, and there just isn't right now. And, it brings me to a second tweet he had is and here's the, the average NFL penalties per game in 2020, 10.9 penalties per game. Okay. 2021, 11.4, a whole half penalty more per NFL game. This year it's a 12.1. Just makes it a much more unwatchable product. And that brings me back to the Monday night game. Like, You're watching Denver, and okay, the first quarter was fine. Russell Wilson looked okay for the first time in a Broncos uniform. or But the Chargers, and then they were horrible for three quarters after that. Denver's offense, I'm talking about. They have a good defense. But you're sitting there watching it, and I'm going, why can't the Chargers, why is this game going to overtime? I mean, Denver is horrendous. I mean, they can't, they're blowing blocks left and right. They're not using Gordon or Judy or Sutton properly at all. I mean, is this coach going to get fired, not even get out of his first year? Wilson looks like a disaster. And and you look at the box score of that game, too. Chargers, Broncos, you're talking about penalties. There were 19 penalties in that game for 240 yards. I mean, really a hard watch. And it's become regular. I mean, the last couple Thursday night games, brutal to watch. And I love this stuff. I mean, trust me, I'm the last one to say it's not a great product. I mean, I I love the NFL, but there's some things that worry me right now. And for those of you who listen to me for a while, one of the big things I talk about every chance I get is the defensive linemen in the league are way, way better than the offensive linemen. I mean, Go to a Steeler camp and just watch, you know, one-on-ones. Go to an NFL combine or look at the numbers and look at the difference in athleticism. It is a massive problem to me that Goodell and the league office knows, but they try to mask it every way they can and they'll never say it. They're not going to come out and say, boy, our linemen stink. Part of it's because the D linemen are a bunch of velociraptors and T-Rexes and crazy athletes. But what the league is doing now defensively, is you see so many too deep shells, you know, don't give up the big play, no explosives. That's the theme of of every defensive coordinator in the league right now. And it used to be, even as early as last year, you just do that to Mahomes and Allen and those guys, make them nickel and dime you down the field. I mean, but now Burrow gets it every time. I mean, it used to be single high, Jamar Chase is getting the ball. So the Steelers actually don't do a lot of cover, too, but they do their share. I mean, but tons of just don't allow the big plays. Well, that allows teams, you would think, to run the football down teams' throats. But the O-Lions aren't good enough to do it. Even with lighter boxes and even with, you know, a lot of, you know, like the Browns are a perfect example. The Browns are a terrible defense. The Browns, Lions, and Seahawks are by far the worst defenses in the league but the Browns have a bunch of 210 pound linebackers and didn't invest in defensive tackles, you know, like they're all about analytics and stopping the pass. But with the exception of really those three defenses, offenses are not able to just run the ball down your throats, even against lighter boxes to get people out of these two high shells. So we can see more big plays because the blocking's so bad, you know, like, Tight ends don't block like they used to. Fullbacks are almost non existent. Offensive linemen versus D linemen is the biggest discrepancy, maybe, in NFL history, favoring the defense. So, this is a Steeler problem, but it's a league wide problem. I mean, that you would think, and there's a couple teams that I find interesting the Giants, the Bears, and Atlanta. Like, I think we talked about this at one point. But it's becoming even more true that those three teams, as well as others, but those three are the most glaring to me. Because if you told me the before the season that Atlanta, Chicago, and the Giants would have the first three picks in the draft, I would say that makes perfect sense to me. Those are the most rebuilding-ish teams in terms of cap space. Certainly, they're five of the biggest rebuilders in the league. They're also three of the best running teams in the league. The Giants are five and one. The Bears are horrendous to watch, but have won two games. Atlanta is in every game and they're three and three. They have a positive point differential. I mean, they've scored more points than they've allowed. They're all running the ball and they're taking advantage of this situation. And I'm sure they get fewer too high shells than other teams because they're not very scary But there's an opportunity to run the football and have some success in the league as a whole. And people aren't able to do it. And I think a lot of it comes back to the O-lines. So penalties are up. I think dysfunction is up. I think watchability is down. And breakout stars are down. And I'm trying to explain why, but I just want to throw that out there. And some of this reflects on the Steelers, of course. Um, Okay. We'll be back here in a moment. I'm going to come back with my general notes of Dolphins versus All right, the Dolphins lost last week to Minnesota, but they produced 224 more yards from scrimmage than the Vikings. It's hard to do. Miami averaged 6.3 yards per play against 4.7 by the Vikings. I mean, and they lost. The Dolphins held the football for well over 35 minutes, but Miami was minus three in turnover differential and committed 10 penalties for 97 yards. Remember what I was just talking about? Well, case in point. Um, and meanwhile, the Dolphins are in the midst of a three-game losing streak after starting the season with three straight wins. So, crazy. Um, just some general things here, as I said. Steelers have been outscored by 49 points this year. That's amongst the lowest in the league. The Bills game has a lot to do with that. Uh, Miami, who actually the only team that beat the Bills, they've also been outscored by 24 points. So, nothing's going so great there either. Um, Dolphins are near the the top of the league in yards per play on offense. Every time they snap the ball, they average a gain of 6.1 yards, which is really, really good. Steelers offense on the other side of that equation, they're at 4.8 yards per snap, which is right down at the bottom of the league, although it went up this past week. Um, however, Pittsburgh's defense is giving up 5.7 yards per play compared to 5.9 allowed by the Dolphins defense, which is also near the bottom of the league Miami's defense. Um, Last week, the Steelers defense allowed just 4.4, 4.5 yards per play against Brady. So that was really good Um, in terms of yards per play. The Dolphins produced 6.3 per snap last week and allowed only 4.7. But they lost to Minnesota, as I mentioned. Um, Turnovers have been a huge problem for the Dolphins, as has penalties. Again, you know, some dysfunction here a little bit. Uh, they're at minus five in turnover differential. The Steelers are still above water. They're plus one. Steelers defense has taken the football away 10 times. Miami only has four takeaways all year. Uh, only the Raiders and Commanders have fewer takeaways in Miami. Uh, both offenses have turned the ball over nine times. Um, but combined, Miami's three quarterbacks, and they've played three, not on purpose, have only one interception thrown total. So they're, they're fumbling problems. They don't have interception problems right now. And you you probably are aware of this, but in a crazy stretch of injury luck, the dolphins have had to go to their backup quarterback now in four straight games. So between Tua Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson, those guys have all thrown at least 46 passes this year. Again, not by design, brutal luck. Um, Time of possession, Miami's just under 30 minutes. They're just under league average. They're basically at league average. Um, Steelers are now up to 28.09 after being by far the worst in the league. So that's writing itself in a good way for Pittsburgh. Um, I think that's a big deal, too. We really got to help the defense. Brutal here. Dolphins have been penalized 43 times this year. Their opponents have only been flagged 24 times. So... Wasn't like they just ran into a bunch of flag happy refs. You know, it's them committing the penalties. How about this? Over the last two weeks, my Miami's committed 21 penalties over the last two weeks for 199 penalty yards. Pretty hard to win that way. You know, kind of like back to what we were talking about earlier in the in the podcast. Um, there are eight offenses producing under four yards per rush. That includes the Steelers at 3.6, yuck. And the Dolphins at 3.9. Under under four is pretty bad. Uh, there's a dozen defenses giving up 4.2 yards per rush or less. That includes the Steelers at 4.1 and Miami at 4.2. So the defenses are in the top 12 against the run. The offenses are in the bottom eight running the ball. Don't expect a lot of production on the ground Sunday night. Pittsburgh's opponents have scored eight more touchdowns this year than the Steelers as well as eight more passing touchdowns. That's pretty terrible. Um, Again, the Bills skew that a little, but it it happened. Uh, They're also being outrushed by 33 and a half yards per game, and they give up 73 more yards through the air than the Steelers produce. So every game, their opponents are throwing for 73 more yards than the Steelers, running for 33 and a half more yards than the Steelers. Not so good and have allowed eight more touchdowns than they've scored. Um, blitz percentage. Steelers are at 23%, as are the Dolphins. That's like middle of the league, and both teams have a dozen sacks. So kind of even Steven in terms of pass rush production versus blitz percentage. Um, and then here's my last little nugget. Again, just some general things. Um Average starting field position is very important to me as well. And where these offenses start their drive, Steelers are 27th and Miami's 30th. So really bad average starting field position for both these teams. Um, The average starting field position for the Dolphins is on their 24.7 yard line. I know that's kind of nerdy, but. Um, deep in their own end. I mean, rarely are they getting the ball at midfield to start drives. Um, only the Giants and commanders start their offensive drives with worse field position than Miami on average. Penalties, turnovers, you know, rash of different quarterbacks, you know, all these things add up. So that's what I got for today. Um, Tomorrow, we'll talk offense, defense, all that good stuff. Um, Rest of the weeks, uh, Friday, we'll break down the game even further. Matchups to look at. Kind of looking forward to this one. Um, As I'm sure you know, Coach Tomlin said Pickett will start if he's out of concussion protocol, which I'm totally fine with, assuming you don't rush him back. I mean... Uh, who are we to say? I always hate commenting on medical. I mean, if he doesn't play well, are we all going to say, is he still concussed or is he getting over a concussion? Maybe he's didn't play well. I, I don't know. But you got to trust the teams when it comes to concussions and medical. And I was happy to hear that he just flat out said, you know, Kenny's out there. And, and I think that's what right Um All right, man. But well, we will talk to you guys later. Over and out.